Welcome. You're about to listen to a teaching of the Foursquare Gospel Church, VGC District. At Foursquare, we believe in the transformation of communities through the multiplication of disciples, leaders, churches, and movements. May your hearts be blessed and transformed as you listen. I just want us to come before the presence of the Lord. Let us come before the Lord tonight with a heart of gratitude. Let us thank Him for He is our God, He is our Maker, He is our Redeemer, He is the one that has preserved our lives, He is the one, is the one that has kept us alive from all evils and dangers of the day. Let us appreciate God for the privilege we have to be called His own and to fellowship with Him. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for tonight. Father, Lord, we come with a heart of gratitude and we say thank you for the gift of life. Thank you for good health. Thank you, Father, Lord, for the opportunity to gather together. Father, we ask, O oh God, that the Holy Spirit will open our hearts tonight. You will open our eyes tonight. You will speak unto our hearts as we gather together. We ask, O oh God, that the Holy Spirit will expand the scriptures into our hearts. Lord God Almighty, we shall be blessed. Your word will bring about transformations in our lives. Your word will bring about healing and deliverance. Your word will bring about restoration of hope. Your word will lift up our spirits. In the name of Jesus, we shall be healed, spirit, soul, and body. Your word, oh God, will meet needs in the life of our people tonight. Father, we ask in the name of Jesus that we shall be refreshed by the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, Lord. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Hallelujah. It is my pleasure to welcome you tonight to the presence of the Lord. And I want to encourage us Especially if you are at home, I want you to grab your Bible and get ready to fellowship together with us. And I want you to begin to share with your friends, your family members and colleagues the link to this service so that they can be part of this service. I will be very glad also if you indicate to us where you are uh, joining us from. If you're on Facebook, tell us whether you're at home, you're at work, you're on the road. And uh, if you're outside the country, let us know just to be sure that we are all united together in fellowship. And I'm so sure tonight the Holy Spirit will speak to our heart in Jesus' name. As we have all known, the month of June is our loyalty month. 
and uh, throughout the four square gospel church in Nigeria we usually have uh, uniform teachings and also share together from similar scriptures but I believe also that the Holy Spirit will speak to us tonight in the name of Jesus Christ and the theme for this year loyalty month is mighty outpouring for service and swearing mighty outpouring for service and swearing that is a theme that is being considered throughout Nigeria in all our first uh, gospel church churches and uh, this started right from the first Sunday last Sunday and uh, it will continue to the end of this month by the grace of God so this evening I have titled the study we are going to share together catalyst for swearing catalyst for swearing catalyst for swearing what does it mean to swear what does it mean to swear you know to swear means to rapidly increase one's level of activity above the usual level that is one definition of what it means to swear it also means to ascend to a level markedly higher than the usual. And soaring high also means to attain greater heights than normal, you know, in degree or intensity or in a month. You know, if, for instance, um, you know, if you have, you have all witnessed the plane takeoff, you know, and gradually it begins to climb until it gets so about 30,000 feet above the sea level. You know, so we can say that the plane has gotten to the level that is higher than what an uh, ordinary person used to stay. It has attained a level that is higher than the usual level that we are comfortable with. So, uh, you know, and uh, catalyst, the word catalyst is a person or team that, precipit that precipitates an event. Growing up as a young kid, I remember any time our parents wanted to cook beans. They usually had potash potassium to it, you know, what Yoruba could call ikon. The essence of that potassium is to uh, accelerate, you know, the, uh, to make sure the beans cook faster. Let me just put it in layman's language. You know, so a catalyst is a person or thing that precipitates an event, that makes an event to happen faster than usual. You know, that accelerates, you know, either a chemical or physical reaction. And in ordinary chemistry, they used to tell us that in itself, it doesn't take part in the, you know, uh, in the chemical reaction. It just accelerates, creates an enabling environment for that process to happen faster than usual. That is what uh, a catalyst does. A catalyst is an event or a person causing a change. You know, it's an event or a person that is causing a change. 
And to now we're going to see by the grace of God, what is that enabling environment? What is that catalyst that God has made available for us to get to the level where, where we begin to swear in our ministry, in our individual life, in our spiritual life, in our family life, even in our career life as well. And um, I pray that the Lord will greatly speak to our heart in Jesus' name. To start, I'd like us to read the two main texts of the scriptures that we have before us. The first one is Joel chapter 2. Joel chapter 2. I'd like to have it in the New Living Translation. Joel chapter 2, uh, verses 28 and 29. Joel chapter 2, verses 28 and 29 says, Then after doing all these things, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Some translation says, upon all flesh. Flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. And your young men will see vision. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on servants and servants, men and women alike. And I'd like us to pay attention to these scriptures. That was a promise God made through prophet Joel uh, concerning the coming of Pentecost. God promised, did promise mankind that will pour out his spirit on all people, all flesh. You know, your sons and your daughter, young and old, uh, they're going to prophesy. And the old men will dream dreams. In those days, God promised to pour out the Spirit upon the servants, both men and women. And this scripture was fulfilled at Pentecost. On the day of Pentecost, as recorded in Acts chapter 2 from verses 1, the Bible says when the day of Pentecost was fully come, the Holy Spirit came down. You know, and people from all over the, all over the world that were gathered in Jerusalem, they had the scripture, they had the gospel being preached to them in their native language. You know, the Jews that were scattered all over Africa, Asia, you know, and uh, Europe, they all had the gospel uh, preached to them in their home native language. It can only be the Holy Spirit. And that shows that God, one, is not a respecter of person. There are no barriers in terms of culture, language, ethnicity, you know, color of the skin. You know, the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God and the Spirit of God came upon all flesh as we have read from the scripture. The second scripture I'd like us to examine is uh, the book of Isaiah. The book of Isaiah chapter 32. Isaiah 32, verse 15. Isaiah chapter 32, verse 15. Until at last the Spirit is poured out on us from heaven. Then the wilderness will become a fertile land, a fertile field, and a fertile field we yield bountiful crops. The wilderness ordinarily 
in a connotes wasted vast land like a desert you know mostly uninhabited but when the spirit of the lord is released okay the desert land becomes what a fertile land and the fertile land will yield bountiful crops it is my prayer that the spirit of the lord will come upon us afresh as we observe this loyalty man all the deserts all the unprofitable you know uh dry land around us the spirit of the lord will turn them onto fertile land efforts that have been done in futility you've labored so hard or maybe in your ministry as the head of ministry you've tried so hard and there seems to be no fruits it could even be in your you know your career you work so so for so many years no promotion no retirement you know it's like everything around us is static you know we're not making advancement and we say that tonight we're going to talk about catalyst for swearing and i believe that the lord god almighty will catapult us to that level where we begin to experience fruitfulness in our barren lands in the name of jesus christ so god has promised that the wasteland the barren land the desert will become a fertile land and the fertile land shall become shall bring forth bountiful uh, uh, fruits and i think significantly and physically too god also exemplified that concerning the nation of israel as we see today israel is one of the you know uh, biggest exporter of any type of fruit you can imagine in the world today and look at how small i'm not sure israel is more than uh, victoria land vi and and lekki combined together and yet that small portion of that tiny country are not only sufficient in feeding themselves they also export food to the rest of the world how come all other countries around them depend on other nations to feed them yet israel as a nation that barren land that desert today is one of the most fruitful land in the world they are perhaps the most advanced when it comes to agriculture in the world today it's not only in agriculture even in technology almost in anything they are the leading nations of the world and it is because god literally you know make good his promise concerning the nation of israel and i pray that every promises that god has made concerning us even when it is when it looks impossible to an ordinary high the lord has the ability to bring them to pass is the only one that can tell you know a desert a wilderness onto a fertile land and that will be our experience in the name of jesus christ so you know a catalyst also help us to break help us to break performance limitation performance limitations when you get to a static points 
either in your Christian race. You know, when it does happen, you just burnt out. You know, you, 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 the things of God are no longer gingering you as it used to be. It becomes a struggle to come for prayer meeting. It, it becomes a struggle to even read the word of God. It becomes a struggle to go out for evangelism. And I believe that what we need is a catalyst. The presence, we need the, we need the power of the Holy Spirit to break those barriers. And that is what catalyst does. And that is what the Spirit of the Lord will do for us in the name of Jesus. Again, the theme is mighty heart pouring for service and swearing. Mighty heart pouring for service and for swearing. And the topic we are looking at this evening is catalyst for swearing. Catalyst for swearing. So we have been called into a glorious, fruitful, and you know, continuous ministry. One which seeks to facilitate the expansion of God's kingdom on this side of eternity. That is our primary responsibility. God has called us to come into a glorious ministry. He has called us to be fruitful. He has called us to bear fruit continuously. You know, uh, now that, you know, and I know that uh, a lot of us have great and past experiences, but, you know, God can still do a new thing. You know, God can restore those great old days as we used to call, we used to say, and then you can begin to swear again in the name of Jesus. God has called us to a glorious, fruitful, and continuous ministry. One we seek to facilitate the expansion of God's kingdom on this side of eternity. And if you look at the book of Matthew, chapter 24, verse 14, I'd like us to read Matthew 24, verse 14. I need some help in the house for people to help us read some of the scriptures. And uh, 2 Corinthians, chapter 5, verses 18 to 20. Matthew 24, verse 14. Someone can please read. Sorry, please can you pass the mic? Okay, thank you. Thank you, Pastor. Okay. Okay. Matthew 24, 14 reads, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Praise the Lord. That's an assignment. That's the calling that Christ has given unto us. That this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached unto the whole world as a testimony against them, and then shall the end come. That's a calling that we have received. And let's look at Second uh, Corinthians chapter 5, verses 18 and 20. Second Corinthians 5, 18 and 20. Okay, Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18 reads, And all of this is a gift from God, who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given 
for verse 19 for god was in christ reconciling the world to himself no longer counting people's sins against them and he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation so we are christ's ambassadors god is making his appeal through us we speak for christ when we plead come back to god hallelujah we are christ's ambassador we have been called into the ministry of reconciliation the bible says that you know christ in us is in us you know uh, and through the christ through christ that's in us we are compelling people all around the world to come to the saving grace of our lord jesus christ god has committed to us the ministry of reconciliation and it is my prayer that we will arise and do this work in the name of jesus if we are to soar rise quickly to a high level of performance and success in life and ministry which is which is god's desire and expectation we need the ingredients that will provoke propel and catapult us to attain it we need knowledge of divine wisdom in order to fulfill our expectations of swearing. The decade of swearing vision, which the sovereign God has given to us as an organization, will be fulfilled as we receive the help of the Holy Spirit. So now we're going to look at some of those ingredients, some of those, you know, uh, salient points that will help us to swear, what we call the catalyst uh, for swearing and uh, I want us to really uh, take part in this discussion the first catalyst or the first point we want to consider and that is persistent in our pursuit of God we have to be persistent in our pursuit of God and uh, the first scripture is uh, the scripture uh, Philippians chapter 3 verse 10 Apostle Paul after years of successful ministry said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death. And I want to ask us a question because this is Bible study. What, who do we think Apostle Paul was? Who was Apostle Paul? What, were, what are his achievements? Like they used to say in politics, what are his credentials? You know, what were those things that Apostle Paul achieved that made him such an outstanding uh, minister of the gospel? And yet in this scripture, you know, Paul said that I may know him. Who was Apostle Paul as revealed to us by the scripture? I just want us to have one or two comments. Please, let's see your hands. And you can put a comment if you are online. You can type the comment on Facebook or on, uh, on Zoom. Uh, we'll look at it later. Who was Apostle Paul? Who was Apostle Paul? Please, can you bring the mic closer here? Who's going to help us? Pastor Dan, you want to help us? Or oh, is that Pastor Dan? Or oh, that's a foster? Okay. Who wants to help us, please? Reverend is here. 
Please bring it forward. Very quickly, please. Who was Apostle Paul? Apostle Paul was a apostle to the Gentiles, called to minister the gospel to the Gentiles, endowed of God um, with giftings, a, a man who surrendered everything, a man who was high in society, but for cause of Christ, said, all that was meaningful to me, I counted dung for the purpose of Christ. Uh, I wanted to know everything possible. Um, the man that had great revelation at some point he had so much knowledge that he was humbled by giving, being given a, a turn on the flesh so that I would not be um, high minded and he wrote more than half the New Testament uh, was a man who, who was a terrorist uh, against Christ and then became a follower of Christ and turned his zeal uh, after the law and to zeal after the grace and ministry of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, I would say, apart from Christ, he suffered more than any other human being for the cause of Christ because of his love and commitment for the ministry. I think I better stop there. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, sir. Any other comments regarding Apostle Paul? Someone at the back there. I would... I will say mine from this perspective that I love him so much because of the thing he displayed, which is number one, right from the word go. The moment he surrendered to Christ and like, so to say, caught a vision, he was sold out to God. Totally sold out to God. After understanding who this God is by studying the word, he was on what we now refer to as missionary journeys, planting churches, irrespective of whatever the hurdles that he came through. And he never held it out against anyone. He still saw everybody as, look, what you are doing, you don't know what you are doing. And he preached the gospel even to his captors, to those who persecuted him, name it. So his life was sold out to God all throughout. Thank you very much, Brother Lowe, Pastor Lowe. I, I will add to it that Apostle Paul was the man that, through the help of the Holy Spirit, wrote the blueprint of the church. Uh, the church as we have it today, whether as ministers, uh, you, you read some of his books like the, uh, uh, the book of Timothy how a minister is supposed to be other as a believer what is expected of you you know whether as a congregation what is expected of you virtually everything that is expected of a Christian living the Holy Spirit used Apostle Paul to pen it and write it, and you can read this in his letters to the different churches uh, that he has written, either to the churches or to Timothy or to, uh, you know. I mean, he practically wrote the, 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 uh, the church as we have it today. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much. 
Now, I also want to add that, you know, Jesus Christ personally appeared to him on the way to Damascus and uh, called him. And uh, thereafter, he got saved and he became a servant of Christ. And then I like to read this scripture again. And I want us to reconcile this scripture uh, with what we said. If everything we sell Apostle Paul was uh, actually true. Let's read the scripture again. And then we'll make some comment. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering be made conformable unto his death. My question is, at what stage in our Christian race can we say we have had enough or we have seen enough of God? Can we get to that point in our Christian race? In our Christian pursuit of God where we, where we come to the conclusion that I think I have no God well enough. Or what is the lesson in this scripture for us as Christians? What are the lessons from these scriptures for us based on what we have said about Apostle Paul and based on his heart's desire as we have read from Philippians chapter 3 verse 10. What are the lessons in this scripture for us as Christians? And the lesson is that no matter what we think we know of God, there's still more to be known. In fact, the, more, the moment we, we consider ourselves to have known everything about God, we have become God ourselves. Uh, and therefore, we can never stop in our pursuit after God. The pursuit after God is a lifelong thing. Um, and we can only know what he reveals himself, what God reveals to us about himself. So we learn from Paul that our pursuit after God must, must be a persistent thing. We never can come to a point we think we know everything about God. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, sir. Pursuit after God is a persistent thing. We can never come to the point where we think we have known enough of God. And it's a lifelong journey. It's a life without going on vacation. It's a life without a post. It's a continuous experience in our relationship with God. And I think we should learn this. This is one, I mean, if we must achieve God's eternal purpose for our life, we must engage in persistent pursuit of God. Just like Paul said. I don't know if anybody have one or two comments to say on persistent. For us to be persistent in our pursuit of God. And I'd like us to read Exodus chapter 33 verses 13 to 15. And I want us to have some comment on that. Exodus chapter 33 verses 13 to 15. Someone can please read. Okay. Sorry, can you start again?
nation with your people. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? Thank you very much. Uh, this is another personality in the Bible, Moses. What do we know about Moses? What do we know about Moses? I want someone to just tell us quickly. What do we know concerning Moses? He, he was a deliverer. He was, in, he was the mediator of the old covenant. And definitely a type of Christ in the Old Testament. Thank you. Any other comment? Pastor Lowe? God said concerning Moses that when I have a servant, I speak to him in dreams and in visions. But my servant Moses, I speak to him face to face as a man speaks to his friend. So he, he was perhaps the closest person to God. He, he was a friend of God. Praise the Lord. And then let's look at what he said again in verse 13. If it is true that you look favorably on me, let me know your ways so I may understand you more fully and continue to enjoy your favor and remember that this nation is your people, your very own people. Can you imagine someone who had a face-to-face -face conversation with God? Severally, God appeared to him. He saw the bush that was burning and yet the grasses remained green. He saw so many attributes and miracles of God. And Moses still got to the point and said, God, show me your ways. Let me know and understand your ways so that I can follow in it. And he made a declaration. It's, you know, sometimes we are so familiar with God that we think we know everything about the ways of God. And we don't, and, and because of that, we tend not to be very diligent in pursuing God. Moses said, if your presence is not going to go with us, then forget about it, we are not moving an inch. And I pray that we all get to that point in our Christian relationship where we no longer take God's presence for, you know, for granted, in quotes. But we actually cultivate desire, you know, and then you go after, you know, experiencing God's presence in our daily Christian faith. It is good to come to church, it's good to go to prayer meeting, but God in his heart desire to commune with us one-on-one. -on -one. That is the place of power. That is, the, in that, that is the place where we can receive all the necessary energy in order to serve. So, you know, we have seen the life of Moses, we have seen the life of Paul, that you cannot have enough of God. We have to be persistent in our pursuit of God. And 
our level of activities is it's, it's, it's you know it's immaterial. We need to personally get to that point and cultivate that personal relationship in our pursuit of God. And the Lord will help us in the name of Jesus Christ. In our pursuit of God, we also must be conscious of the fact that our God is eternal. The Bible says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Never lose sight of that. You know, and secondly, God is the source of all, is, is the source of our strength. In the book of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, it said, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Don't let us take anything for granted. Let us learn to pray about, to commit everything into the hands of God and inquire from him, you know, and be led by his spirit in all our pursuits as we go on our, in our Christian race. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. He said that Paul said that I may know him that I may know him. That's a very personal, personal desire. And I want us to desire today on a daily basis that God, I want to know you today. You know, you remember the manna in the wilderness? What you gathered today cannot take you to the next day. You have to come on a daily basis to gather manna in order to feed your family. Let's look at that typology and then you know, reflect that into a Christian relationship. That on a daily basis, we will seek to know God. We will seek uh, to pers- in, in the pursuit of God in all our Christian race. God will help us in Jesus' name. The second catalyst is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a companion. The, the text we read, Joel chapter 2, verses 28 to 29. God said, on that day, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. John chapter 15, verse 26. Can we read John chapter 15, verse 26? And John 16, verse 7. John chapter 15, verse 26. And John uh, 16, 7. Okay, uh, John chapter 15, verse 26 reads, When the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who gives you, who goes out from the Father. Let me take that again, please. When the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who goes and, who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. John 16:7. John 16:7. Okay, John 16:7 says, "But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away." Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Okay, so I read Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, suddenly there was a sound from heaven, like the running of the mighty windstorm. 
and he filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames of, of thongs of fire appeared and settled on each of them. Everyone and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. The Holy Spirit is the power, the energy needed to serve. The Holy Spirit is essential. It must have in great dimension in our life, especially in this end time. If we are to fulfill God's given mandate, we cannot achieve God's purpose without the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And you remember what happened to the disciples, you know, in the book of, in the book of Acts. The Bible said the apostles and the early church had to wait to receive the Holy Spirit before venturing into the world of evangelistic ministry. And this Holy Spirit has been given unto us. Without the power of the Holy Spirit, we cannot fulfill the divine mandate. The Holy Spirit is the source of our strength and of our power. You remember people like Peter? Peter that was so timid and could not even confront, could not admit to a maid that he was a follower of Christ after the Holy Spirit came. This same Peter rose up, he preached, and souls were saved. And I want to say that today, the Holy Spirit is very active and alive. And something happened to me, I think about a few weeks ago, I was on my way to Abuja, and I saw a lady sat beside me in the plane. And, uh, you know, in my heart, I was moved to begin to pray for that lady. So I started praying in the lady. And I wanted to talk to her with the, in my heart for the lady. I wanted to talk to her. But something said, just pray for her. So when we landed, I just said, I said, the Lord will grant you peace. The issues of your life has been resolved. The Holy Spirit is at work in your life. The lady looked at me. And she spoke. He said, for the past 14 years, that this is the first time she was coming to Abuja after 14 years, that as a matter of fact, she came because her husband was going to have a major operation the following day. And she thanked me and she gave, she, she, you know, and I blessed her and I left. The Holy Spirit is at work today. And I remember the, my first job after, after my NYC. The company had conducted the interview two weeks after I got the letter in Abeokuta. And if there was anything, that was one company as a student I wanted to work for. So I took off from Abeokuta. You know, there was no telephones. I couldn't have called them. So I got to the place. I met another young man. So I, we said, I, I told him I wanted to see the HR. And the lady came out and said, sorry, we've we made our selection. But he said, are you still interested? I said, yes, I'm still interested. I mean, we were about 200 people who sat for that, for that, uh, for that opportunity. So he said, okay, just wait, on, wait a minute. As she left, I just remember the scripture that says, wherever the soul of your feet shall tread upon, 
I have given you as a possession. I remove my shoe and I put my feet on the guy and say, God, I want this job. So the lady just came and said, okay, oh, it's like you guys got lucky. Uh, let me call. Are you ready for the interview now? In my heart, I wasn't ready. And I said, yes. So two other people came. He said, yeah, I said, we're ready. So she went back and said, oh, sorry, one of the GM was not available. Can you come back on Thursday? So, to the glory of God, I was one of the last people who came. I'd missed the interview two weeks much earlier, but the Lord also gave me job. I was one of the first to be employed. In fact, when I went for the oral interview, finally, they were asking me, how much do I want? Praise the Lord. I was still an NYC person that time. What am I saying? You know, see, whatever the spirit of the Lord tells you, you see, you know, adapt in certain situations of our life, the Holy Spirit is there to guide us. Is there to speak to our hearts. We must learn to constantly depend upon the Holy Spirit if we must achieve purpose, if we must achieve the divine counsel of God. You know, so let's listen to the Holy Spirit. Let us get connected to the Holy Spirit, you know, and then we'll be able to fulfill God's purpose. And if you look at the Lord Jesus Christ himself, the Bible says that after he was baptized, what happened? Heavens opened and the Holy Spirit rested upon him. And he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. There he was tested, uh, tempted for 40 days. You know, he was tempted. He fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and then he was tempted of the devil. But he overcame, victorious. So, and I believe very strongly that with the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we'll be able to soar and fulfill the purpose of God. It's not just about spiritual matter. After all, a Christian does not have two lives. We have only one life. We are full-time Christian. So whether you are working, whether in your career, whether in your church or in the ministry, you are a Christian. And we need the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit for, for us to succeed. And he's always there to lead and to guide us. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Samson also, through the Holy Spirit, was able to do exploit. He used the jaw bones of a lion, or, you know, to kill thousands of people when the Holy Spirit came upon him. Let's look at Judges chapter 15, 14 and 15. Judges chapter 15, verses 14 and 15. In whatever assignment that God has committed into our hands, whether you're a politician, whether you're a career person, whether you're a student or not, the Holy Spirit is there to help us to fulfill the purpose for which God has called us. Judges chapter 50, 14 and 15. Okay, it reads, As he approached Lehi, the Philistines came toward him shouting, The Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him. The ropes of, on his arms became like charred flax and the bindings dropped from his hands finding a fresh jawbone of a donkey he grabbed it and struck down a thousand men praise the lord so that was uh, Samson 
The Holy Spirit came upon him powerfully. And I pray that in whichever areas of life we find ourselves, the Holy Spirit will come upon us. The Holy Spirit will help us. The Holy Spirit will direct us. The Holy Spirit will empower us to do exploit for the Lord. To swear, to get to the next level of our calling. To get to the next level of our endeavor. To get to the next level of our career. You know, you cannot swear without some lifting. Without some help. You know, and we have said that when we, when we, when we are persistent in our pursuit of God, we will receive that ability to swear. And when we, you know, when we, are, when we make the Holy Spirit our companion, he will lead and he will guide us. And I want us to come to the level where there is nothing that is too simple or too small to ask the Holy Spirit to guide us about. It's not only when it comes to the very big things of life. You know, maybe when you need promotion, when you're looking for a job, or when you want to get married, you can, the Holy Spirit is there to lead and to guide us. God is as much interested in your spiritual well-being as much as he is with your marital, with your career, with your education. God is able. And we can have, tes- we have testimonies of very various ways where the Holy Spirit has helped us to overcome great obstacles and we're able to get to a new level of grace in our life. The Holy Spirit turns around unpleasant situations. And I want to have one or two people to share with us how the Holy Spirit, you were, you, I mean, you were confronted with seemingly embarrassing situation, unpleasant situation. You find yourself in an environment sorry, you find yourself in situation or environment where you did not desire, where you didn't plan for, and you turn to the Holy Spirit. And like magic in quotes, there was a solution. Can we have one or two people to share practical experience, life experience with us? Very quickly, please. In one minute. I want two people to share with us. Oh, you want me to call names? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Sir, you wanted to say something? Okay. Well, um... I will say this church is a manifestation of the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, but personally, I have been through situations that, humanly speaking, I couldn't have survived. Sustaining power of the Holy Spirit. Um, you go through trying situations that um, you wonder how you're surviving. But you can only, in retrospect, says the sustaining power of the Holy Spirit because you, you held on to him and he saw you through. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, sir. Any other person? Any other person? Maybe in your career, family, or you find yourself in an unpleasant situation and you just say, God, I need you to take me out of this hole. 
I need you to take me out of this embarrassing situation. And the Lord miraculously show forth. I don't want to use my personal ex- uh, example because I know that we all, if you reflect, if you just take a, a quick reflection, we all, we all have stories of how God has comfort for us. And I'm just saying that we can always latch on that. You know, when you look back into your life, see, that's the essence of God telling the children of Israel. Tell them the story of how I delivered you from the hand of Pharaoh. How I took you through the wilderness. How I took you through the Red Sea. You know, how I fed you with manna. We must have our own catalog of experiences of great deliverance that God has wrought for us. And we must tell them to our children because those were manifestations of the Holy Spirit. So that they don't just think, and in my family, sometimes we, we have challenges. We, let, we, we table it at the family altar. We pray about it. And when this testimony comes, we share the testimony as well. Just last week, Monday, that was a particular project we've been building, we've been on it for since 2019. And we thought we've done all that we have to do. And Monday, I just received a call that a recommendation has been made to the board and our name was not there. I was literally sweating. That morning, I was meditating on the book of Proverbs where the Bible says the heart of a king is in the hands of the Lord. Like rivers of water, he turns it to wherever. And I, and the Lord, the Holy Spirit demanded me, mention the name of the MD of this organization and ask that our hearts begin to turn in our favor. After that prayer, I sat down and he said, do an email to her. Do an email and state what and what was had happened. I mean, the recommendation was already with the board and they were going to take a decision. So I drafted the mail, sent the mail. And for a day or two, we didn't hear anything. Until someone from outside called my staff and said, you have been recommended. You've been given the job. Do you understand? So, you know, the Holy Spirit can go beyond the veil. So don't think it is all over. When there is nothing else human being can do, God has the power to go beyond the veil. And do the impossible. Because that's what it specializes in. And we cannot attain that level of God's fulfilling God's divine purpose without the Holy Spirit being our companion. We need the Holy Spirit. Day by day, moment by moment. And honestly speaking, a lot of stress and pain we go through sometimes can be averted if you ask God. I've found myself in a lot of trouble, you know, because I didn't hear from God. I was carried away by, oh, this thing looks good on paper. And I landed myself in trouble. You know, guess what? Even when you land yourself in trouble, God is with you. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. 
Hebrews 13 verse 5. So God, the Holy Spirit never leaves. It's only when we walk away from God that we, that that's when we don't feel his presence again. So even when you have taken a wrong decision that landed you in trouble, turn to the Holy Spirit. There is always a way of escape. Are you listening to me now? There is always a way of escape. And that's what we need to do. And we can get back on track and begin to fulfill God's purpose again. May the Lord God help us in Jesus' name. So the Holy Spirit turns around unpleasant situation. It turns waste to wealth and loss to gain. It turns barren land into productive land. Isaiah chapter 32 verse 15. That's what God does. And I pray tonight that all our barren land, our waste places, the Holy Spirit will turn them onto fruitful land in the name of Jesus Christ. You know, uh, the third point, and perhaps maybe the last one we I'm going to talk about is the power in the word of God that is in your mouth. You know, the word of God is quick and powerful. It's active and creative. has a creative ability. You know, situations, you see, you know, there are two forces always at place in the world. You know, the force of the devil, which most of the time manipulates what has been created, distort it, and tend to use them against us. But the word of God brings orderliness. You know, in the book of Genesis chapter 1, the Bible says the heart was without form. There was chaos all over the world. And God said, let there be. Let there be. And most of us are facing chaotic challenges. You know, our ministries, our calling, our giftings, our relationship. Tonight, the word of God can bring orderliness. The word of God has the power to restore. The word of God has the power to create. The word of God has the power to give effect to whatever we want. Hebrews chapter 14, uh, chapter 4 verse 12. He said, the word of God is what? Quick and powerful. Can we read it please? Hebrews chapter uh, 4 verse 12. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. Cutting between soul and spirit, between joints and marrow, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. So, you know, beyond your human reasoning and ability, the word of God has a power to reveal has a power, you know, to execute, has a power to create. And I really want us to, to you know, to trust God and, you know, and, and take hold of his word concerning the situations of our lives. You know, concerning your calling, concerning your future, concerning your career, and learn to speak 
the word of God. The book of Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 9 and 10. Can we read it please? Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 9 and 10. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 9 reads, Then the Lord reached out and touched my mouth and said, Look, I have put my words in your mouth. Today I appoint you to stand up against nations and kingdoms. Some you must uproot and tear down, destroy and overthrow. Others you must build up and plant. Is it really true that this, this passage is in the scripture? Do we believe that, you know, what the scripture, do we believe that God has the ability to give effect to his word as you have read? God told Jeremiah that, look, you are not just an ordinary prophet. I have put my word into your mouth. I've appointed you over nations, over kingdom. Praise the Lord. Now, by the power of the world, everything in existence today was brought to bear. There is nothing we see today that was not created by the word of God. And God is also calling us and asking us to arise like he told Jeremiah that today you can speak unto nation. Christ said whatsoever you forbid here or not will be forbidden in heaven. You can cast down demons. You know, you can say unto this mountain, Mark 11 verse 22, depart and go into the sea and they shall obey you. Because when you carry the presence of God, you have the Holy Spirit, and God has anointed you to speak his word. I'd like to quickly mention that the word of God is, there is power in the word of God. Isaiah chapter 55 verse 11 says, my word is like what? Hammer! that breaks the rocks into pieces. So, if you are confronted with a stony life issue, just remember that the word of God is what? Like a hammer. You can break the hardest rock and shatter it into pieces. Hallelujah. It's Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 29. Can we read it? And another person, 2 Corinthians 4, 13. Jeremiah 23:29 does not my word burn like fire says the Lord Hallelujah. is it not like a mighty hammer that smashes a rock to pieces Hallelujah two things my word is it not like fire that consumes God our God is a consuming fire and when the child of God releases the word of God it executes the purpose for which God has absented. Let's read Isaiah 55 verse 11, please. Isaiah 55 verse 11. Isaiah 55 11 reads, 
it is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to and it will prosper everywhere I send it. Hallelujah. It will not stop in your own time. If in the days of Isaiah, the word of God prosper, the word of God accomplishes, the word of God fulfill the purpose for which God sent it, it will also do the same thing in your life. Because what the Bible says on the, on the, on, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And that includes you and I. And I just want us to read one or two more scriptures and then we... Uh, we can, we can, we can, we can close. Matthew chapter eight verse nine, and Mark eleven twenty-two to twenty-three. Matthew chapter eight and verse nine, for I myself. I'm a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes. And that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. Praise the Lord. That was that military person who accosted Christ, who felt that Christ needn't come to his house but you should just speak the word and it shall accomplish that purpose for which it is desired. It desired. And I want to pray tonight that as you hear the word of God, as you stand upon the word of God, as you allow the Holy Spirit to lead you and we, we aggressively pursue God in our personal and individual life. The word of God will have effects in our mouth in the name of Jesus Christ. And by the grace of God, it will propel us to that level where we begin to soar and fulfill the purpose of God in Jesus' name. With his presence, the Holy Spirit, with Jesus seated at the right hand of God, making intercession for us, we will certainly soar in our quest to fulfill kingdom purpose. Challenges will come and sometimes intolerance, but they are all allowed by God to draw us closer to him and provide the lifts needed for us to glide and glorify Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Do we have just one or two comments or questions before we close? Any comments to what I've said? Or what we have shared, one or two contributions or questions. Please, any comments? You know, we want to add one or two things to bless God's people. Uh, kindly, please uh, let's know. Anybody? Hello, man. You want to say something? You want to? Okay. Any other? Any any comment? Okay, so if there is no comments, I would like us to pray at this moment. Mighty heart pouring for service and swearing. And 
we have discussed catalysts for swearing. Persistent pursuit of God. You can never have enough of God. You can never have enough of Him. It's like diamond. When you turn to the other angle, the beauty shows. Whichever angle you look at God, you look at His Word, it's always new. Let us ask the Lord to restore unto us that freshness in our pursuits of Him. The Holy Spirit, our companion, Christ said, without me, you can do nothing. And he said, I'm going to send the comfort of the Holy Spirit who will abide with you forever. The Holy Spirit is there to help us all the way. All, every facet of our life, we need the Holy Spirit as our companion. And of course, the word of God, the word of faith. If it say unto this mountain, Acts 11, verse 22, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and you do not doubt in your heart, it shall be so. Will you begin from tonight to arise and speak unto mountains around you? Will you turn to God tonight? And allow him to turn the barren land, the wasteland, the desert into a fruitful land. We need to make progress. We need to make advancement in the things of God. If we pursue God diligently, we will find them. If we turn to the Holy Spirit, it's our helper, it's our comforter. And if you stand upon the word of God, the word of God is like a consuming fire. It's like a sledgehammer. And the Bible says, as the rain comes from heaven and water the heart and does not return back into the sky without fulfilling the purpose, so is also my word you can begin to stand on the word of God and speak to the mountain, speak to the storm and the Lord will help us in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you Lord for tonight. Thank you Father Lord for the opportunity to share together. We ask oh God that the Holy Spirit will help us to diligently pursue righteousness, to pursue holiness, to pursue a fellowship with you persistently without being discouraged to make the Holy Spirit our companion and to esteem the word of God more than our necessary means to delight ourselves in the word of God to meditate daily in the word of God and to seek to do and observe all that is written therein. As you told Joshua in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, that this book of the Lord shall not depart out of your mouth. Father Lord, we will make your word a delight and will not depart from it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen.